Hello, my QNCharge listeners and watchers. Today we have an actual person who knows how to install the charging stations for the EV infrastructure. Someone that I can say that I know almost for a decade now, and he installed about 15,000 chargers just in California. His name is Slobodan, and uh, thank you for making the time and will to share some of your insight of this industry. Sergey, thank you for having me, uh, and I want to say hi to you and all our listeners. We all know some of the issues in legislative world and uh, ongoing bureaucracy, but however, not so many people do know the issues and potential uh, frustrations in the industry um, that you have in the field, uh, potential issues, hazards, challenges, and so on and so forth. Let's uh, kick off this interview with a short uh, story about who you are, how did you start uh, in all this venture in this industry? Well, uh, my name is Slobodan Andesilic. Uh, I am working in the EV industry kind of the last six to seven years. Um, I started as a electrician, like helper, uh, on the multiple EV projects, working for the multiple companies, and uh, slowly, uh, slowly getting experience in the installing EV chargers confronting with all challenges and demands and uh, within a couple of years I, I, I really practice practice in bring the, the EV installation I would like to say to the perfection but you know all there is always space for improvement so you know we're always open to learn something new but you know more work more experience with the with the with the well, this is going to definitely lead to the uh, next question. I mean, could you potentially describe any specific training or certifications um, that you and your team had to undergone to specialize in the EV infrastructure of installations and uh, everything that is uh, in this industry? Oh, yeah. Uh, training and certifications are really important, like in the whole electrical field, uh, especially in the EV sector. Uh, even charging sector, but uh, uh, there is a couple of the of the certifications that the electricians can get to improve their skills. So and uh, not just skills; it's also about uh, safety at work. Uh, there is a OSHA training, so of course, for that are training the people how how to avoid the hazards at uh, at the work sites. Uh, main trainings, uh, there is a training EV IITP, which is dedicated uh, to the EV chargers only. Uh, then, uh, I mean, there is multiple, multiple certification that we can get. More certifications always better because always we're going to expand our knowledge with the more cert certification and more training. But, uh, C10 licenses, journeyman licenses, like general licenses are the best best way of training. And I assume most of this electrician has to be all certified uh, just as an electrical um, installers as well, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, usually in the companies, like you can get all the uh, certified electricians, so you you need to have a in the company like. A percentage of the certified electricians and uh, helpers who are going to work under them, apprentices, 
who gonna uh, working on the field helping the the certified guys they're gonna sort of process they're gonna learn how to conduct the job so if I okay, so let me ask you something. Uh, com- considering so far your involvement in this industry, so what key factors do you consider when you plan the timeline and the resources required for each installation project? Oof, timeline, it's always tricky, Sergey. The most important thing is usually to uh, get the permits. Uh, that takes most of the time. Uh, once we have a permits and when we can start working on the project then like uh, material sourcing uh, that is pretty much a timeline depend on the, uh, from the project to the project how much uh, how much time it's gonna take us to actually bring the project to the finish but uh, I taking in consideration usually the location where we're working uh, how chargers are spread at the and that's pretty much it. Like sometimes we can have a project with less chargers that is gonna last longer because you know chargers are separated far away from each other, uh, so you have to run the longer lines and stuff. So it comes down to the distances and and uh, you know uh, let's say time and labor uh, that is going to be involved. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, so in uh, some of these uh, projects uh, manner that you're doing uh, as with your team, so how is the best, uh, or how do you ensure the effective uh, communication between your team and just teams and the clients throughout the, you know, your projects and uh, installations? Well, uh, usually teams who are working on the field, they don't have that much uh, communication with the clients because most of the communication that is conducted with the client is through the project manager. Uh, project manager is there to you know, keep the communication between the clients and the team who is on the field. Uh, project manager gives all the info to the, to the workers on the site. So my understanding is you are a project manager, right? I mean, if you are a project yeah. manager, so how would that be, let's say, um, just to relay that information down uh, from your perspective and your end. Well, like I'm trying always to reach out to the clients to fulfill their, you know, needs. Uh, I usually check with them uh, where they spaces where they exactly want the chargers, how they want the job to be conducted. Then you know, like when when the team is coming to the job site. Uh, parking space issues because usually all the team, all the guys are coming with their you know vehicles, so we have to organize also the place where they're gonna park. I trying to coordinate that with uh, with the clients also, you know, like just to uh, we're trying. Uh, my goal is to um, let's say if we work in the residential building, uh, my goal is to try that uh, uh, residents of the building don't notice that we're working there. Mm-hmm. 
So let me ask you also, okay, for example, I mean, we already know um, out of your couple of uh, statements that this is a lot of things in this industry can be unpredictable, right? So how do you uh, handle unexpected challenges or changes in the scope of the project uh, during the installation when you already kind of kick off? And then, of course, something doesn't go by the plan. So how do you um, handle those uh, unpredictable um, situations? Well, you know, like uh, I, I always have a help of the, of the rest, you know, people from the office, from my company, uh, as uh, engineers and uh, logistic teams. So if I have any challenges or any issues, I'm trying to communicate that with uh, more people. So like more people gonna always find the solution better, right, and faster for the issues, so that is kind of on what I rely when I, you know, when I challenge it with issues, it's most like, you know, uh, get a whole collective work on the problem and So what would be then, uh, let's say, ask you this uh, next question, a critical technical uh, requirements and safety consideration specific to the EV uh, infrastructure installations and uh, how do you ensure the compliance with the industry standards uh, these days? I mean, we all know this is kind of still, still um, fresh, um, not that many standards, not that many uh, regulations, but it is uh, start uh, kicking in. Yeah, the, you know, uh, the, one of the main factors there are uh, city inspections uh, after the job is finished, like, because we're going to complete whole project by the by the book and uh, like by the compliance to the you know regulations that sometimes can be issue not uh, the physical compliance that about the job that we did but about interpretation of this of these codes you know? you're mainly relying that to the national electrical code right yeah 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 mostly uh, not mostly. We have to follow national er electrical code, but uh, interpretations of the in uh, electrical code can can be different in my eyes and the eyes of the city inspector. You know, so like we're trying to always, you know, find a, find a solution and improve ourselves if we can through the through the challenges. Mm -hmm. So let let also ask you, for example, I mean, I, I assume that uh, you as an electrician do not handle entirely uh, rest of the trades that they can might be involved into this type of uh, uh, industry or installation. So how do you handle or who is, uh, you know, handling the coordination and collaboration with other trades and teams members during the on-site uh, installation and project uh, just to ensure that goes smoothly uh, the entire process of installation? Well... As a project manager, uh, I'm I'm there the first person who have to ensure the communication between the uh, other trades and other teams that are on the field and my team. So um, if I'm not there, of course my team gonna try to communicate. I can always be at the field, so uh, you know sometimes my. Uh, my team also have to communicate with the with other teams or at the site. Uh, you know, communication it's a key factor in in that because like all this all these trades are entertained, you know, like tangled. So like if we 
if we are doing gar runs, let's say our pipes or electrical runs, we have to communicate with other guys because you, you know, plumbers gonna run their pipes on one side, maybe that is gonna block my pipes, so we, we have to ensure communication and, you know, like, um, just to make sure that we ain't gonna have a challenge. So just to for the for the sake of the listeners, you know, like uh, you know, they don't know most of these trades and what is uh, involved into this. So what potential trades do you uh, work with in the field, or you you know, kind of so that people can listeners know which trade or or type of a construction will be potentially anticipated in their uh, properties. Oh yeah, there is other electrical teams usually there, like. Who are working on the maintenance or something else? Uh, there is uh, plumbers uh, who are also like because we are mostly working on the uh, in the garages and you know all the plumbing is going in the in the building it's going usually through the ceiling of the garages, right? So uh, coring X-ray. Uh, coring X-ray, but coring X-ray that is a uh, that is actually services that we are using for our own needs. Um, <clears throat> uh, we we have our coring teams and our X-ray teams that are not part of our company, but you know uh, you have to ensure to have always people for that because that is something that is always needed, especially X-ray uh, or GPR scanners. Because, like most of the uh, uh, most of the accidents that occur uh, actually uh, occur during the, the, the drilling or pouring. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you don't X-ray or if you don't GPR the G, do the GPR scan on the concrete, you know it, it, it's lucky shot. You know you, you don't know what you're gonna get. So that is. That is kind of one of the also crucial things uh, during the project. So let me ask you, let me just ask you right now to cut in while we're still on this thematic. So what would be potentially, let's say, common um, issues and uh, or obstacles that you encounter during the EV installation? And uh, how do you troubleshoot them and resolve them? I mean, you know, there must be some um, issues or, or the obstacles that they are kind of repetitive or that you kind of face them more commonly than the other oh yeah uh there is like a couple of them uh main one i i hope so we you know we kind of uh, introduce the in- city inspectors also to this issue because they are first bringing this issue it's like uh certifications the ul listings of the certain parts of the charters right we're getting the charters you are listed and then inspector comes there and said like oh what we're gonna do about this whip here you know and then you have to provide all you know uh, you are listing for whole device to prove that your device it's uh, came like that out of the factory and you didn't alter anything so uh, that is one of the challenges that we had but you know we fixed that and that Second one issue uh, with the uh, during and after installation, it's uh, mostly uh, networking with, uh, with 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 the chargers. Communication in the closed spaces and concrete walls and all that obstructions. Yes. 
Exactly, exactly. So that is, you know, but once when my team is done, uh, we have also uh, IT team, and usually they are solving this problem. If my if my team, you know, like if we have a malfunctioning equipment or if our, you know, internet connections don't work as they supposed to, we are sending our uh, IT team. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, I mean, any complex installations that you had so far uh, done? And um, I mean, how did you successfully complete uh, their installation and manage their unique challenges? I mean, they, but probably you have some of those stories like that. Oh, yeah. Like the, the huge projects can take, you know, like months to finish. So we had, uh, uh, I had a couple of years ago, I had a, a project on the, multi-level underground garage. Uh, the owner wanted, uh, the client wanted um, all chargers to be able to work on the full ca- capacity, right? And that is 40 chargers. So 40 chargers, 32 amps, you know, like you do the calculation. Yeah, we need 4,000 amps, which a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is one of the of the big projects. So you know the uh, after uh, it even took us too long to install the chargers. It was forty chargers through five levels, and you know pouring, sending pipes through level to level, and uh, then uh, one of the main difficulties on that job site was the like so. And just so the other listeners who are not uh, who, uh, who are not close to this subject, just to explain. So uh, the main power to the building, usually to the huge buildings, it's coming through the switchgear, which is main distributor for the power, right? Uh, Which we do know today that there is not sufficient capacities uh, whatsoever for all these. Uh, onboarding this infrastructure and that's uh, one of the main challenges i would probably see in the field these days exactly so like the you know the bringing wall the when you have to alter anything in the switch gears you have to, you know do the power shutdown to bring all the and that is huge buildings you know you can just do in the middle of the day power shutdown for the business buildings so like we have to do that or early morning or late night. Uh, plus, we have to call city inspectors, we have to call DBS, we have to call, you know, like uh, multiple services there just to, you know, to be there so we can conduct our job properly. So, this actually leads to the really yeah. interesting uh, uh, next uh, question of mine. How do you prior- prioritize? let's say, client needs versus your needs as an installing group, right? Uh, and expectations when they're planning these uh, uh, projects, uh, you know, so in which way, in which order do you prioritize that? Well, we are always trying to, uh, always client uh, clients' needs are always, you know, first priority. So uh, we are trying to communicate with, with the client to find the mid-ground, you know, between between what is easiest way for us to, you know, conduct our job and the client needs. So uh, usually we are trying to fulfill the client needs much as we can, 
you know, but if we have some obstacles or issues, we're gonna uh, we're gonna introduce our client to that and try to find, you know, mm -hmm. uh, try to find the solution for that. So, do you have do you have also some uh, in a placement, for example? I mean, you you know, you come, you install, everything goes smoothly with these um, installations, and then. Um, do you have a post-handling um, uh, um, uh, installation support and maintenance, uh, you know, from your team or even the request from the clients? Well, yeah, like uh, the clients often uh, want to expand their, uh, their EV infrastructure. So let's say sometimes if we uh, don't, put, don't place enough chargers at the location, if the clients need more chargers, they're going to you know, they usually call us back, right? Because mm -hmm. like once when you start dealing with one company, you know, you have trust in that company because they did a good job and you have good experience with them, so you're gonna continue with them. And um, yeah, usually like, or uh, let's say if we, if we have to do, you know, service of the chargers to exchange with the chargers, because you know, if you put the chargers outside, five years or six years on the sun, they can last long. That is, uh, you know, like on the on the hard sun. So, so sometimes we had also like, let's say, we had uh, 20 chargers in the location, and the client call us like, okay, I want 10 chargers more, and we want to replace these chargers because they're, you know, like already damaged from the sun, from the weather, and too old, you know. Uh, but by my but my uh, knowledge of of this equipment, I mean yes, I mean being exposed to the uh, weather and uh, influences, uh, you know, like outdoor influences just in general, on a hardware itself, it's not gonna uh, create much of a damage or problems. Yeah, but it's uh, on a softer side, right? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's a softer side. It's a, let's say casing. It's a. Uh, you know, problem with animals, squirrels coming, chewing on the charger. Vandalism, customer neglectance as well. Vandalism, exactly, the vandalism, you know, where where the places are not kind of guarded or protected, often happens that somebody comes there and, you know, cut the cords, charging cords from the mm -hmm. something like that. So we all know also, for example, this is a new kind of uh, industry and it's a... Uh, uh, ongoing and it's also on a high demand so of course new novelties are coming uh, uh, you know daily and as we speak so how do you stay updated um, to the latest trends technology and advancements uh, in, in just in general in the EV technology and electrical systems constant research <laughs> that is if you want to keep updated in this field you, you need constantly to keep up with it to be online, to follow the trends, to read the new stuff, uh, to test new equipment. You know, it, it's always like, <laughs> always learning, you know, like you always have to improve your, you know, knowledge about present equipment. And it's not just, it's not just the uh, chargers. It's also electrical equipment that we're working with, you know, like, that equipment also, like let's say, new types of connectors, new types of the conduits. You know, you, you know, you always have something popping out new from the industry 
Well, it's not only the industry, it's also the laws, uh, standards, regulations, and everything that is changes, so people has to basically adopt and change also their equipment to reflect that. The laws and the regulations, they're, they're made on the way, right? Yeah. So we are making them on the way, adjusting them and making them on the way. Uh, installation crews together with the, with the city inspectors, you know, they all have to communicate because, like, these issues that we have, let's say maybe inspectors don't know about these issues so like about certain issues we have you know like sometimes when inspectors from the i don't know small cities or something like that they never saw them you know like they maybe seen a couple of teslas on the street they don't know nothing about the chargers they never handled the you know uh, inspection of the chargers mm -hmm. installation or something like that so like uh I always try even to introduce them and to transfer my knowledge much as I know to tell them so we can all conduct our job and make, you know, safe, safe charging stations. So let me ask you, so feedback, feedback, it's, it must be very important to you guys, right? So the client feedback, just in general, uh, general public uh, feedback, city inspectors feedback, I mean, so how do you gather um, or how crucial, by your opinion, that, that that type of a feedback after the completion of the installations and actually being people um, putting those chargers and stations into use, where do you collect that feedback and how it is important for you, for the, for you know for the utilization and improve the future in projects uh, for yourself as well? Usually, most of this. Uh, 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 applications that uh, we are using for the initiate the chargers or for the you know paying for the chargers or anything like that apps that we are using they have a client they have a feedback like option so you can so the you know users and users can leave the feedback over the app but generally for our most important feedback it's from the, you know, management, from the client's management, you know. When they call us and say, hey, oh, you know, this job, it's really amazing. Your, your guys did a wonderful job. Uh, we are using the chargers. They're working perfectly. Uh, we are looking, you know, like, the, usually with the clients like this, we just get more job for the, you know, they give us feedback and they call us to do more, more job on more locations. Uh, any negative feedbacks uh, in here so far that you're aware of? Uh, negative feedbacks, like, you know, you can get, like, when you're giving, usually you're giving to, to people free charging stations so they can come and charge their car. They're not always free. You're going to pay sometimes, maybe, depend on the, on the building and, the you know, uh, on the charging station, but it's the... Sometimes people who are not, you know, who don't like that much idea of electric cars, uh, they kind of, you, you know, uh, it's, we don't have electric, so many electric cars here, why we need, need the chargers. Well, by the 2035 for California, you're going to need the chargers because you're going to have cars. Yeah. Well, statistically, we kind of uh, we kind of talked about already uh, with a lot of people in the EV industry. In generally, what is expe expected is per each 
EV vehicle that is going to be registered and owned and operated, we will need at least three charging stations, one at home, one at work, and one public charging to have dependable and supportive um, infrastructure to support all this uh, grow on EV uh, industry and uh, just EV demand. Um, no, well, I mean, this could be kind of lead us to a, uh, to an end of this episode. So I'll give you a final word. As a final word, I would like to say that uh, this EV infrastructure is really important to be built as uh, soon as possible uh, to be expanded because of the growing number of uh, electric vehicles that are in use so uh, I see this I see my job as a really important thing because looking toward the future if we want uh, more green energy and you know to live on the yeah, on the clean planet then do you know be aware just what we're gonna leave for our kids you know yeah, not uh, not only that, you know, creating this sustainable, um, you know, um, infrastructure of the EV, you know, network, because so far right now we don't have much. Exactly. Also with the autonomous vehicles, you know, like it's also safer. It should be safer way of transportation. So, uh, well, it should be. Yes, of course. But we will see how that's going to lead in the future. Yeah, yeah, we're working on that slowly, like... Uh, the thing is that uh, uh, the electric cars are sell, sold more and more. Like, and exactly that's what I see as a problem. You know, buying an electric vehicle, it's way faster to be accomplished than actually create an electric charging station anywhere for that vehicle to be able to be charged. So that's uh, that's what I find as a big problem. And I we will see, like you said, you know, in which direction all this electrification in the future is going to lead to. You mentioned autonomous driving, of course. Where's that uh, wireless charging stations, right? So how that uh, car does not have robotic hands. So we need to kind of think of all those challenges uh, in, in the future. And of course, for you as an uh, installer in the field, how you will implement and, and create new protocols of installation for all this. So uh, that's it. Uh, again, Slovo, uh, thank you for again joining uh, to uh, today's uh, interview and show. This was really very insightful and um, I hope that uh, our listeners uh, will gain out of this uh, some of the knowledge and basic, basic understanding of infield uh, frustrations, potential hazards, issues, and uh, problems that uh, you and your team and many other people that are in this field uh, facing daily uh, through this job uh, and installations. Thank you, Sergey. Looking to see you forward again. Well, that would be all for today's episode. Um, don't uh, forget to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, we need you, um, and there is uh, a lot of uh, information uh, out there that... Uh, listeners and viewers and uh, people like you would uh, definitely find it helpful uh, and we are here to bring all that uh, information as we can and as much as we can so please send us your inquiries quick uh, questions uh, and we will work diligently to solve and bring you as much as we can uh, to our episodes stay cool in these heat days and uh, see you soon next time <laughs>